Jesus, the true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. You are my friends if you obey me. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I command you to love each other. Thank you, Neil. It's just a, it's just a wonderful scripture. In fact, I could actually say, all right, that's the word of the Lord to you today. Go and do it. And uh, that would be sufficient. But as I was pondering in terms of what to share about today, and this scripture has been on my heart for, for, for quite some time, I was pondering, and then Jonathan last week uh, asked the question, what are temples built for? Why are temples all around the world? And there were various answers given that temples are, were places of worship. Temples were uh, essentially, primarily, the end of the day, temples are where deities live. And uh, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 13, Solomon has built a temple. He's built a temple for the Lord. And uh, this is what it says. I have indeed built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. A place for you to dwell in forever. And so deities live in temples. 
That's an amazing thing in this 1 Kings chapter 8. It says, and when the, they, they bring the ark of the covenant into the temple, and when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. The glory of the Lord filled the house. A cloud, the presence of, of the Lord completely engulfed the temple. The presence of God. So much so that the priests could not do their ministry. I wonder what that looked like. Just get imagine, you let your imagination run. The presence of God. Coming, and just in, in, a, in, the, in the scriptures, it's often portrayed. The presence of God is often portrayed as the, as a cloud, a pillar of a pillar of fire at night, and a cloud in the in the day. Whenever the cloud moved, the people of God would move. There's a sense that the presence of God came and and filled the temple. And God's heart is to is always been to. To, to dwell, dwell in a temple. And so Jonathan's scripture was 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? Listen, Sarepta. Do you not know that you are God's temple and God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. By implication, God's temple is holy, and you and I are that, are that temple, so we are holy because of what Jesus has done. In this scripture where he's talking about that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we, we are the temple, it's corporately. It's the gathering together. It's not just the one individual. That's uh, in, two, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where it says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Let's just take... I, I rush through life. I, I'm kind of always at a, at a hundred miles an hour. and I, I, You know, as a, as a child, I would have been given Ritalin. They probably should still give me Ritalin, just to like kind of. But uh, uh, let's just let's just take this in. Let's just hear what what the Lord is saying to us today. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Look at your body. Say, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God didn't come and, and dwell in a building built by human hands. This is the most amazing building. Gareth, thank you for all your work in, in building this, in this building. But this is a house. This is a home where the, where the, where the people of Sarepta gather. Where we gather for worship. Where we gather to praise where we gather to encourage each other in the Word, to, to, uh, uh, yeah, to just to, to be built up in Jesus and to worship our King. 
Hasn't it been, hasn't it been beautiful? Wasn't it, a, wasn't it an amazing thing just to sing and worship and pray over Sue this morning? That's the family. That's the family. When the one part of the body is, is sick, we need to be praying. We need to be singing over them. We need to be praying for them. It's such a beautiful privilege. Such a privilege. She came out to our house a few weeks back, and I think Amy was still there and, and Anton, and we just had a time of worship and just worshipped over her. And that just, that's an amazing thing when you have a look at it, is God is a singing God and He sings over you. And He sings over me. I think it's somewhere in Zephaniah. He sings. He's a singing God. That's why I'm always singing. That's why I love to sing. It's just a little bit out of tune every now and again, but that doesn't matter. At home now, I've got this wonderful thing. I've got this uh, Big Mac thing, and I YouTube, and I go to some worship, some, some lovely worship, and I put it on loud. And I'm just losing myself in Jesus. Because the world in which we face is a, is a tough world. There's battles to be fought. And I need to be lost in Him. I need to know that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I need these scriptures just to so take, take hold of me that I'm transformed and changed. Because that's what God is wanting to do to you and I. He's wanting to transform and change you. So you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Well, we could spend the rest of the, the, the week on that little verse. You are not your own. You belong to somebody else. You under new management. You have a new master. Your master is Jesus. You are not your own. When I look at probably the, the people who are involved in counseling, and, and, and a lot of the people, when they come for counseling, it's all about me, myself, and I. Those are the only three people that matter in this world. Me, myself, and I. That's, it's all so self-centered. And this scripture says, you are not your own. Ellen, I am not my own. What I do in this body, I need to do to glorify Him. So glorify God in your body. That's the challenge. That's what you and I are called to do, is to glorify God in our body. And you say, well, how do I glorify God in my body? It's getting a bit old and a bit of aches and pains and, and uh, my knees aren't working. I can't believe it. I was playing tennis yesterday and I, and I was battling to run. Uh, I'm young. So that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the case. But these are the bodies that we have been given. Rejoice in them. They're the bodies that we have. There is a, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 at the beginning, we're going to get a new tent. For those bodies who are really in a bad way, we're going to get a new tent somewhere along the line. Sooner rather than later, we're going to get a beautiful tent. A tent which will never be taken down. Sooner. <laughs> so in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if He dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Again, it's the Spirit of God that dwells in you and me. 
The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is a person and He dwells in me. And I'm, wanting to, I'm on a journey learning how to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. In step with the Word of God, in step with the Holy Spirit. One step the Word, one step the Holy Spirit. Listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. I think for, 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 for a long time, I've kind of just thought, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit is more like a sort of a power, you know. I've kind of, and I, I, he's, he's challenging me to, to talk with Him and, and walk with Him. So if I had to put a title for what I'm talking about today, I would say, we are called to be an inside-out people. We're called to be an inside-out we live from the inside outwards. Listen to that. Live from your intimacy with Jesus. Live from the Holy Spirit dwells in me. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And it says in, uh, in Philippians, for it is God who is at work in you. It's God who is work in you. And he, and he gives us the desires. Uh, we, we, we fall into to line with his desires. When we do that, when we walk in Him. And so we've been given this beautiful new covenant. The new covenant. And I, I think I shared this last week. So you might think I've uh, lost my memory, but maybe I, I know I did share it last week. But again, the scripture is so powerful. Two weeks ago, sorry. Ezekiel 37, verse 27 and 28. My dwelling place shall be with them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Then the nations will, will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. It's talking about presence. The presence of God in you. That's what gets me up in the morning. The presence of God in me because wherever I go, I can make a difference. Because I bring a different spirit. I bring the fragrance and aroma of Jesus. Then in Jeremiah 31 for this is, the new, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each teach his neighbor and each teach his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. An amazing scripture. He puts His law in our hearts. He gives us a, a new heart in other places that says, we can each know Him from the least to the greatest. I don't have to be the greatest theologian. I can know Jesus as I pick up this, this Word and start reading it and, and just ask Him and say, Holy Spirit, I want You to show me what that means. Doesn't it? I don't have to read huge chunks of Scripture, but as I, as I in, the, in the Word, in a, there's a couple of things. You see, even as we were, Neil was reading, uh, it came out in, in, in relation to Sue. It says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then a little bit further on, it says, uh, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. We need to be a people who ask. We need to be people who are bold and, and, and cry out to Him. For, for whatever we're needing, whether it's healing or, 
or, or, or, or whatever, just to know Him more. And so, John chapter 15. Because uh, Jonathan's scripture were all from Paul. That's, that's, that's wonderful. But let's see what Jesus says. And I'm going to read it from the message version. And maybe also from the passion version. Live in me. Live in me. This is what it means to abide, to remain in him. Live in Jesus. That's what he's saying. Live in Jesus. Make your home me, home in me, just as I do in you. This is verse 4 and 5. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself by only being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you, joined, when you are joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Separated from Jesus, you can't produce a thing. We have an intimate, organic relationship with Jesus. We walk with Him, we talk with Him. The uh, Passion Version says, verse 15, 45, So enter into life union with me. Enter into life union with me, for I have entered into life union with you. The Creator of the heavens and the universe has entered into life union with you. And I say it again. The creator of the heavens and the universe has entered into life union with you. You walk with him in, and he walks in you and your life is hidden in you and all those wonderful things. Because I, I, I'm, I, I'm preaching to myself, sorry. But I'm getting excited about it. I'm getting excited about it because it's starting to become a reality as I'm, as I'm, as I'm declaring it over my life, as I'm walking in it, as I'm believing in it, as I'm trusting him in it as I'm getting lost in his worship. What is the consequence of a, of a union with Jesus? What is going to happen? What is the consequence of a, of a union between the Hotchkiss, uh, between um, Tim and Jade? Well, there's twins. That's the third. That's the third. And maybe I'm not sure how more, many more they're going to have. There, there's fruit. The consequence of union between a man and a woman, what does it do? It produces fruit. It produces babies. When we are in union with Jesus, we produce fruit. And great fruit. And wonderful fruit. But it has to do with our union with Him. Abiding, abiding in Him. Are you abiding in Him? For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless... You live your life intimately joined to mine. I like the way that words are put. There's an intimacy. An intimacy of walking and talking with Jesus that you and I have. It's such a privilege. It's such a joy. He, he says, he, he says in the, a little bit further on, he doesn't call us servants. He calls us friends. In fact, we're more than friends. We're sons and daughters of the Father. We are heirs. I mean, we just, our identity in Him is just so amazing. Are you living that? Are you living that out? Am I living that out? If I don't live intimately joined to Him, it's going to be hard. 
It's going to be really hard. It's going to be difficult. But as I live close to Him, I live with Him. The fruit is just going to come. Lemon trees don't have to strive. They just bear fruit. Except the lemon tree I plant. I think this is, I'm on my, about my fourth one and they've all died. I planted one when Amy, Anthony was born and one when Anthony, uh, Amy was born and, and, then, and now I'm trying again. I'm trying again. You've got to look after them. You've got to nurture them and you've got to prune them and you've got to feed them and water them. Why didn't anybody tell me that? And what's the feeding and the watering and the nurturing? My dyslexia is coming through there. What is it that we need, we need to do with our walk with Jesus? It's abiding Him. It's spending time with Him. It's spending time in the Scripture. It's just getting excited. My problem at the moment, when I look at the Scripture, I, I kind of say, oh, that's, nice, that's nice, that's nice. And then, I, that, and then, oh, that's nice. And then I go down a tangent there, and that's nice. And it's all good. It's all exciting. May that be for you. That same thing, that the Word would be exciting and transforming us. I love what the Passion Version says here. As you live in union with me as your source. So our source is who? Is Jesus. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. Maybe I can turn to John chapter 7. Verse 37. Just to think of that. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. If anyone thirsts, anybody thirsty here? I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Let him come to me and do what? Drink, drink, for whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not glorified. So we have been given the Spirit of God. We can drink vast drafts of, of, of Jesus. We can, we can drink. The more we drink, the more we... The more, and and, and, and what will happen as we drink? It flows out of us. It just flows. So drink. Drink. I'm encouraging us to, to drink. I mean, we sing those songs in the pubs. Drink. You know, I'm, I'm not so good at that. <laughs> I won't sing today, but, but drink, drink, drink. Drink of God. The, one of the purposes of this John chapter 15 is that we might bear fruit. Much fruit, more fruit, lots of fruit. How do I bear fruit? By dwelling in Him. 
The Father is glorified when I bring forth much fruit, when I bring lots of fruit. What is the fruit of the Christian life? What does my fruit look like? What does your fruit look like? What does the fruit of the Spirit look like? It looks like love. It's translated love. So if you can see if you are growing in, in, in Jesus, you can look at your love levels. Are you growing in love? Are you growing in love first and foremost? Is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind? And then love your neighbor as yourself. And then he, he changed it and he said, you've got to love uh, as I have loved you. That's what he's calling you and I to do. He's calling us to, to love. That's the kind of fruit that we want. What are the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit, we all know this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Uh, I've left out one, but faith. What are that? Those are the fruit of the Spirit. And I don't think that was an exhaustive list. I think it was just a list. There's holiness is not in there. That's, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of fruit. We are meant to be fruitful people. Remember last time I talked about numbers and they went into the promised land. And what did they have to come back carrying the grapes? Between poles, the, the fruit was so big and so juicy and so beautiful. What's the fruit like in your life and my life? Is it do people uh, want to come and engage with you? Or do you have a scowl on your face? I better not look at my wife. Because I'm often grumpy. And she does let me know. But, but, but so, so that's where it actually matters. It matters at home. Am I the same person at home as I am when I come to church? And I come and see Neil. I say, oh, it's so beautiful to see you. Am I, am I like that at home as, as, as well as at church when I'm with people? Am I bearing the fruit of God? And for me, it's about that intimacy. It's all impossible. The whole of the Scriptures, it's impossible. We can't do it. That's why he says, do, do not uh, get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be full of God. If I'm full of God, what's going to flow out? Well, Jesus will flow out. Love will flow out. Patience will flow out. Flow out. Uh, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. And people will be drawn to that. The world is looking for authenticity. The world is looking to see if this stuff is real. Or are we like Jonathan said last week, merely human? Because we argue and, 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 and struggle and, and beat each other up and, and are divisive. We say, I follow this one and I follow that. We are merely being human, he said. Or are we full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit? This is it. This is it. Beloved, I'm, I'm wanting each of us to be so full of joy because it's Jesus that lives in us. It's all done and dusted. It's all, it's all, it's all finished. All I've got to do is walk it out. and we'll go out into, We're going out back into the world just now. We're going into to a work week and, and some people have, have got tough things that they're facing. But we face it with Jesus. We face it knowing that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And that whatever we face, we face with Him. 
I don't know, 17, somewhere it says, For in Him we live, we move, and we have our being. In Him we live and move and have our being. That, I declare that over each of you today. This week, you are going to live in Him. You're going to dwell in Him. You're going to make your home in Him. You're going to enjoy Him. You're going to invite Him in for supper. You're going to talk with Him. And then you're going to move. And, and we're going to have our being. If we do that, we're going to bear much fruit. Without that, we're not going to hardly bear any fruit. The presence of Jesus by the Holy Spirit is meant to be unbroken, continual, and forever. In the Old Testament, very often when the Spirit of God came on people, it was for a specific task. Somebody had to build the temple and they were, given, they were full of the Holy Spirit. In a, who was building a temple? It's a complicated name. But somebody was building a temple, helping build the temple, and the Holy Spirit was, was given to them that they might do the task. That was just for that purpose. We live in a completely new dispensation, a new covenant, where the Holy Spirit is given that we might live an uncon- in an uncontinual, uh, sorry, in a continual, forever, unbroken relationship with the Lord. Got that one completely around and around and around and around and around. Jesus wants intimate, unceasing fellowship with you. Just think about that. So what I've talked about this morning is not, is nothing new. Everybody here has read these scriptures a thousand times. If not more, some of you. Some of you have been in the Lord for 50 years and 60 years. And so you know this. You know this. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Walk with Him. Walk in the power of the Spirit. Transform your office. Transform your classroom. Transform wherever you are. The spa. Because the presence of God is in you and, you and you and I carry that. So let's pray. Let's stand. Lord, we thank you. Repeat after me. Lord, we thank you that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That we as the family of God at Sarepta are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you dwell in us. We thank you, Lord, that we live and move and have our being in you. And so we rejoice. We rejoice 
And again I say we rejoice. Because of your life in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We have a song? It's just... Surrender all to Jesus.